Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I am joined today by an incredible lady, Ruby Boglewood. Now, Ruby is the director and founder of her own business, Wild and Form Digital. So she is an expert in social media. Um, in her earlier career, she was spent a lot of time in the corporate world in advertising and marketing for some really big brands, so Microsoft, Facebook partners. So we are going to have a fascinating conversation today with the lovely Ruby. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Jeanette. It's great to be here. <laughs> Excellent. Now, now, really nice to see you. And, uh, you know, obviously, I think you've got such a number of different sort of strings to your bow, if you like, Ruby. So it'd be great if you don't mind. Just sort of take us through your journey, you know, where life started for you and where you are today. And then we will jump in from there. Wow. OK, where do I start? I kind of fell into the advertising industry about 20 plus years ago. It's one of those classic, you know, you go to university and then you think now I've really got to get a proper job that actually pays. What on earth am I going to do? And it had nothing to do with my degree, which was in literature, um, English lit. Um, yeah. And then I stumbled into advertising and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Started off my career down in London and then after a number of years moved back uh, to the north where I live now um, and worked along the way in both billboard advertising. So worked with some big American companies, British companies, and then wandered into digital and I landed at Microsoft and that turned my life upside down, inside out. It was like a whole new language that I had to learn um, to like that digital sphere, but it got me hooked. And then as time went on, I went back into kind of like outdoor advertising. Um, and the last sort of like role that I had before setting up my business was down in London. So I lived up north. I'm going to set out the formula. I lived up north. I worked down in London and I had a very young family. So that equaled um, probably something that's not going to work out for a very, very long time. Um, yeah, so it got to the point where I just thought, I'm earning really good money. This is brilliant. But I have neither the time to spend it or on myself or my family. So what am I doing? And I think at the back of my mind, I always had the fact that my, uh, my mum, unfortunately, passed away when she was 50. And so I've always had this weird thing in the back of my mind almost like a ticking it's a ticking clock and thinking goodness well if that if that happens to me could what, what how do I best live my life now and obviously anybody could go at any time but I think it was the fact that I've had such a, that close first-hand experience made me want to do stuff live life and demonstrate to to my daughter that look no matter what age you are you can still live your dreams. Mm. Go for it. Have a go. What's the worst? I say, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> COVID hit last year. But um, yeah, it's sort of, you know, go for it. So yeah, I did that. And that was about three years ago. I set up the business and I haven't looked back since. And it's been 
a wonderful, wonderful journey. Don't get me wrong, there have been some times when I've gone, why did I do this? But they've been very, very few and far between. So I feel very thankful and very blessed that I am able to steer the company in the direction that I want to. Yeah, gosh, there's so much in here. What a great intro, you know, and, and you're so passionate about it. I mean, you can just hear where in your voice how much you obviously love what you do, which is... I do. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful, that. And there's a couple of things that you said which really stuck out for me in, in, that, in that intro. One was about, you know, the fact that you absolutely got hooked on digital. So we're going to get into that in a lot more detail. Um, but also, having gone through that very emotional situation, losing your mum, which, you know, at such a young age is tragic, you know, and I think that relationship between a daughter and a mum is so special um, that, you know, certainly I know I really valued the relationship I have with my mum you know and uh yeah so that was obviously a really big catalyst for you on mm. um I suppose reassessing things a little bit and thinking what is important to me uh you know as I go forward really so you know how how important has that been of being really clear on kind of your purpose what you want in life in order to make that jump out of corporate into entrepreneurial it was a huge driving force. I got to the point where I just thought, I've got to make a decision. I I can't, I couldn't continue doing what I was doing um, with and hope that I'd continue to have that same level of passion. Whichever role I was in, I always gave, you know, 110, 20%. I loved it, believed in it. But I just, there was eventually it got to the point where I just thought, this is, this doesn't feel right. And I always promised myself, if at any point this stops being something you truly enjoy, you've got to question that. You've got to go deep. You've got to find out why, what else is there. So I did that and I didn't have a clue as to, I didn't realize at the time that I was going to open the business. It wasn't that, uh, it wasn't that linear, but I knew that I had to stop what I was doing at that point, take stock and eventually out of walking amongst the hills where I live and just trying to have some time, some me time after what, 20 years of nonstop work. It was like, right, what what is it that I want? How do I want to live the rest of my life? And what is it that I want to be able to give back and and do? Um, Yeah. And so out of that, along with the passion that I had for digital, emerged the business. But it was it was critical that I, I did that. I didn't want to be somebody who eventually woke up when they were 65, 70, if I reached that age, you know, having got that ticking clock in my mind, I thought, well, what, what is it that I did? What impact did I make? And, th- and responding with the, hmm, I don't think I did. How yeah. heartbreaking would that be? And I couldn't... As a mum, there's no way that I could begin to kind of look my daughter in the eye and be able to um, encourage her to be able to live her dreams if I wasn't living my own. What a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah, honestly, that's so that's so inspiring. And you know, this whole concept of brave, bold, brilliant is absolutely about everyone has greatness within them. Everyone can achieve their potential. Absolutely. You know, and, and the fact that I think, you know, one of the things um, that might be interesting for people that are listening, if if they're also in a situation where almost, you know, a bit of a crossroads and sort of thinking, I'm not quite sure what next, but I do know I need to stop this. 
to create some space and then the idea will come to me, you know, and almost having that that confidence to be able to sort of take that leap into the unknown, not knowing what is next. Um, I think it's very inspiring for people listening because so often we're just so busy just living our life and, and getting on with stuff that we don't give ourselves the time uh, to do that kind of thing, do we, you know? It is that time and that headspace. It is absolutely that. Even I'm not encouraging everybody to just give up their jobs. <laughs> wandering walking around for a few months um but little things like um and I still do it now but in for a different reason so things like um journaling and journaling can seem like a like a quite a frightful topic but it's just literally putting down your thoughts on paper so whether that's in a fancy notebook that says journaling on the front or whether it's a scrap bit bit of paper you've got lying around the house either way that it doesn't matter it's the purpose behind it and being able to do that and sit and listen to what is going on in your mind and have that outpouring, I think it's important because if you're able to chronicle that, then you can start to hopefully uncover patterns. And all, I would also recommend probably talking to somebody that you trust. Mm. Um, I mean, I'll say, look, I'm kind of thinking of this and these are the thoughts I've been having and could, could that lead somewhere valid? Should I explore that? Um, what advice do you have? Could I talk to somebody? But again, you know, sometimes it's, it's one thing, isn't it? When, you, when you're thinking something and then it sort of like changes another degree, doesn't it? When you write it down and then it changes mm. another degree when you actually vocalize it and you can actually hear yourself say those words. And sometimes you think, well, that was nuts. And other times others can hear you and say, no, 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 you're, I think you're onto something stop let's hold that let's explore it so yeah it's important yeah yeah no absolutely brilliant and um you know I think the point you make about speaking to other people and bouncing ideas around or if you if you get to a bit of a blockage um sometimes actually talking to people that have maybe followed a similar path you know whether it's a mentor or a coach or just someone meaningful in your life you know it's uh it's massively helpful to just kind of help clear get clarity get clarity really I think isn't it absolutely and and for you Ruby you know when you um when you made that transition well let's say you had a you had a transition with a gap in the middle to to find out what the next thing was going to be which is brilliant if you've got the if you're able to I was lucky yeah 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 but even if you're not you're right just create some kind of space in your in your life in your day even if it's for 10 minutes for yourself to, to give yourself that space um so obviously you spent time a big part of your you know professional life in corporate world you know and you talked about some of the big brands Microsoft you know Facebook so when you then sort of went into the entrepreneurial space and setting your own business up how big a difference was that for you you know how, what, what were the things that you uh, that actually you found easier and what were the things that you you found a lot more challenging uh, I've done a similar path you see so I'm fascinated <sighs> Oh, goodness. Right. Things that were easier. I mean, the thing that springs to mind really is decision making and the direction that you take things in. I don't know whether you experience this. You put your heart and soul. I always put my heart and soul into the roles that I had. And I'd be brainstorming ideas overnight and I'd be taking, you know, creating presentations, taking them in, pitching them to directors some of them would fly. Some of them, you know, they'd be like mo- most of the time, it's sort of like, yeah, well, we're, we're kind of going in this direction. I'm like, well, but I think there's something worthwhile here, etc. 
And I think after a little while, you begin to realize, even though you put so much passion into that role, ultimately they have a different strategy, haven't they? They've set one out and you can't necessarily change the course of that. But in your own business, you have that opportunity. And that's the thing. It's the, and I always thought as well, it's the fluid, the fluidity at which you can steer your your own entrepreneurial ship if I'm going along the right lines with those yeah. <laughs> kind of imagery. Yeah. Because if I think about the way that my business has evolved, it started off in one place within the social media marketing world, but it has evolved. But I've had the flexibility and I've been the one that's driven that. Mm. And there's so much, um, there's so much empowerment and fulfillment within that to be able to do that with ease. Um, so that's probably one that springs to mind. Things that have been difficult. Well, the fact that you don't get a con, you know a regular salary to rely <laughs> on. Oh my days! That yeah, when you're first setting it up, I mean, I pretty much started mine with very low investment. You know, bought a laptop because it was a digital business. That's pretty much that with the basics that I could uh, that I needed. Um, but you know, so but it's a case of well you've got to go out and find clients and you've got to then pitch yourself. And it's all that branding and the building of that, your, of the word of mouth and the marketing and all of that aspect. So I think one thing was the, uh, the length of time it takes for your business to become known because it's been growing in your mind and your heart for so long, mm. but it's, it's been within, hasn't it? And then you've got to take that. It's almost like you're restarting the business again, when you have to go out into the world and vocalize that and share that and drive awareness and all of that stuff so yeah that was that was a that was a challenge and I'm really impatient (laughs) so I was like why is this business not turning over hundreds of thousands already months you know week two (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and it's interesting because you know with your background in marketing and advertising obviously that's a key skill that you have terms of the yeah. that you work for but when it comes to sort of you are the brand if you like you're the figurehead of your own business and you're you know you are steering your own ship as you said was that tricky for you putting yourself out to the world with a new with with a different persona than maybe how you'd been known in the corporate world or did you would that come quite naturally for you um it's a bit of bit of both really I think the first so at first I would say that it was a little bit trickier for me to, as you say, go out there in the world as me, mm. primarily because not that I was embarrassed or I didn't want to share myself with the world. I'd probably say it's because I'd lost myself in the mm. corporate world. I, I imagine you and many of your, your listeners and viewers will relate to this. You end up wearing so many different masks, you forget. Well, I forgot who the real me was at, at the end. Yeah. And so I spent a lot, I stumbled across, and I think this was serendipitous actually, stumbled across a coach who lived not too far from me actually. Um, and she helped me work on stripping away those layers and getting back to kind of the real the authentic I don't know just the me the meanness of me really um and when we reached those mo- that moment which was over a period of a good few months almost towards a year actually it was 
so liberating. And so to answer, I suppose, the question, eventually it was easy, but only because I'd put some work in to acknowledge the fact that I didn't really quite know who I was anymore. Um, but doing that work was really important. And that is an investment that I will never regret making so early on, which is a big investment in my business. I'd always recommend that to somebody. If you can find that, find that coach, find that, um, that cheerleader for you who can also not just shout, uh, you know, support you in your corner, but also call you out. So that's extremely important. Yeah. Um, and shine a spotlight in the corners of, you know, the recesses of your mind that you don't really want to sh- a spotlight shone on. Yeah. But they recognize it's important to do so if you are to be able to fulfill the whole of yourself and the whole of your, your purpose. Yeah, there's so much in here, Ruby, that you, I mean, everything you're saying really resonates with me because throughout my career, and I loved my corporate career, and I love where I am now with the entrepreneurial, you know, so I was never one of those people that hated their job, not on no. it. I really enjoyed that part of my life. But throughout the various um, stages, if you like, of my career, I've always had coaches, mentors that have helped me move to that next level, um, whichever it's been. And, it, and I don't think I would have had the same career I've had if I had that at various times so I I, you know you absolutely resonate with me and and it's interesting what you talk about because I do a lot of mentoring of my mentee clients and there's so much around you know a a good mentor will be there to or or a coach you know both slightly different but similarities in some ways you know they'll be there to support encourage you know give you give you a cuddle when you need it but also to absolutely, to your point, call you out. It's the accountability. You know, they will ask the probing, tw- tricky questions, hold yeah. the mirror up. And uh, if you're up for that, then you will get so much out of it and it will really catapult you to the next le- level of your career or business or whatever you're trying to achieve, or even just for yourself, you know, just to want who you want to be. And I, I, I'm really glad to hear that you you made that investment because it's clearly had a massive impact in terms of where you are with your business now. Um, and can I just pick up on one of the points you said there, Ruby? Because yeah. um, the, the point around identity, really, because I think, you know, finding finding the true you through that period. And, mm. and so often we have, I don't know, we tell ourselves stories, don't we, throughout our life? You know, we, we, you know, we sort of almost have a little internal dialogue going on with ourselves sometimes around who we are or who yeah. we are. And sometimes that can actually have real limiting beliefs um, that we, we put in the way. So when you, when you sort of had that eureka moment if it was a eureka moment or if something sort of evolved over time but you got to the point where you had the clarity of who you want to be or you know what you want to become for the business and for your family how did that feel to you it felt it felt like such a think of the word relief it was just mm. that moment of I can't quite describe it. Is that relief that the recognition that I'd finally landed on something or disc- uncovered who I really was? I know this, this might sound really cheesy. <laughs> and not, not to me. No, <laughs> but it's that. It's that kind of landing on, recognizing who you are and who you remember being once upon a time and thinking, do you know what? 
is that validity you can and that stamp of approval that you give yourself mm. it's okay to be me as i am because i'm 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 good i can, i can do good i am worthy all of those things i've have i have purpose i have you know uh, skills that i can share and i suppose it's yeah it comes back to that relief and that recognition it was it didn't happen overnight um it, it you know it took months but you can yeah. see the layers or you could feel, I could feel the layers peeling away and I became more and more comfortable with who I was discovering I was and, I, and that was that was amazing and when you've when you've got the opportunity to get rid of that baggage <laughs> all of those avatars that you wear that in itself is just you feel so much lighter um, more focused and it comes back to you talked about brand you know your own brand brand you mm. it becomes easier to then say well this is who I am and also knowing that so when you present that to potential clients or audience your audience on social the community it's a wonderful feeling to be able to connect with others who also feel a similar in a similar way or a similar fashion but it's also on the on the flip side. It's knowing that there will be some who don't uh, gel with that version of you, mm. and saying that's okay. Instead of trying to appease everybody, which is what you end what I ended up doing anyway in the corporate world was trying to be a people pleaser. Mm. When you ended up, I ended up losing myself. It was a that's okay. Thank you. We don't. You know, there is no connection here, but that's all right. You will find somebody who you vibe with. And I yeah. wish you well on your journey trying to find them. Um, I have a wonderful community over here and we're having a brilliant time, you know, empowering one another, achieving great things and living, you know, our dreams as we have each defined them. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's so much in this because I think you're right. You know, at times, maybe when we're sort of younger, less experienced or less comfortable in our own skin, shall we say, you know, sometimes we struggle to say no to people because we do want, we want to be liked. It's human nature, isn't it? You know, mm. it's not that you don't want to not be liked as you get older, but I just think, as you say, you're, you're much more able to kind of go, well, you know what, maybe we're just, I'm just not your bag and, and maybe you're not quite my bag either. And that's okay. It doesn't make us bad people. We're just, no we're not going to have to do business together or whatever. And uh, I think that's a very, a very um, sort of mature, but also quite empowering thing to have the confidence to say no in a nice way, but still to say no, nonetheless, um, which is yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, it's pragmatic, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, it's pragmatic. It's empowering. And it means that you can each get on with what it is that you've set out to achieve. Yeah. Which is absolutely. fine. Yeah. And when you when you are an entrepreneur and obviously with your with your fantastic business that you've created over the last three years, you know, Wild Informed Digital, you know, I guess you've got of course you've got the company name. But I think as an entrepreneur, you're you're much more um, embedded in the in the DNA of the company as well. Um, so that identity piece translates into the business as well, doesn't it? Um, Hugely. They're not separate at all, or at least they're not separate for me. They are very much the business is a representation of, you know, my values, my purpose, the direct, the types of people that I want to work with. 
um, yeah, I couldn't, they're not separate. And I think that's one of the things that I talk about with clients, particularly the type that I work with. So solo business owners or small business owners themselves is to try not to detach. It's that balance. Try not to, between who they are and who their company is. And mm-hmm. for me, again, the types of clients that I work with very much that is uh, kind of intertwined. And it's that recognition that if you want them to be intertwined, then that is perfectly okay. What you're not trying to be is a huge conglomerate. Yeah. And that comes across in sort of like the language that you use within your marketing or even on things like your social media. So instead of if it is only you, then feel free to say I and me. That's okay. It doesn't make anything you are doing less valid or um, sort of like, yeah, less important because you don't have the we, mm. the corporate kind of like power, your team behind you. If you don't have one, feel free to say you don't. Cut through all of that clutter, present you as you. And trust me, that human connection you're trying to, that human connection will will carry you and it will create so much wonderful opportunities. So embrace it. Yeah. And and I think, so, I mean, what it leads us nicely on actually, Ruby, to, you know, kind of, social media and and um I guess how people present themselves on social media and, and maybe that's not completely authentic and true you know it's sort of a version of themselves possibly that isn't quite so rosy <laughs> in reality so when you're working with your clients um or just sort of in general your thought you know obviously you are an expert in social media and digital so can you just talk us through sort of that aspect really and how to navigate through it and any sort of tips and advice for people listening who might want to get themselves out on social media either themselves or their business but to do it in a way that's congruent with their values and and kind of you know when that works well when it doesn't work so well (laughs) it works well it works well when you're true to what you'd intended to set out to do so you'll have your values, your purpose, your why, you know that you set that out at the at the start of the business. And that evolves as well as the business grows. And whatever it is that you're communicating on social, it has to relate back to that. It must, that's the most, the most successful uh, sort of social media accounts or people with a social media presence the most successful are those who recognize that their social media marketing is an extension of their company values, their company purpose, all of that stuff that either them as a business owner or the, the team that make up uh, their business. And they're never separate. When you try to separate the two, and again, it comes back to the idea of creating avatars. You've mm. got these multiple avatars floating around the di- digital or marketing space in general you're going to come a cropper because you'll be presenting one version of you over here and then another version of you over there. And then before you know it, potential clients are going, well, I'm not quite sure who I'm dealing with here. Um, So which one are you? In fact, they probably wouldn't even ask you which one are you because they've already moved on to something they feel a more authentic connection with and that stability and credibility that comes with that. Mm. Um. So that's really important to understand that the content that you share um, on social relates, absolutely relates back to the values and the purpose of the business. It makes life a lot easier as well when you create content 
if you've got those broad themes that you are wanting to, to kind of share information, videos, you know, text, articles, whatever that might be, it makes it so much easier. And it's all beautifully seamless. Um, and make and it just ensures that your social's working extremely hard, as powerful as it can be, to help move the business forward. And that's the mm. point of doing it. There's got to be a purpose to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's got to be that connection and alignment. Yeah. So when you when you get say you have a client, uh, Ruby, that maybe is hasn't done a lot on social media before. Uh, they're a little bit nervous about putting themselves out there, either as their business or or themselves. What are the kind of steps that you would recommend someone goes through in order to kind of get themselves out there, be effective? And um, obviously, you've talked about authenticity there already. But what are the sort of practical steps that, that you'd advise a client to take? The first thing that I always start off with is brand. So it's, it is understanding that piece about the purpose of the business, their why, because a lot of, say, potentially smaller solo business owners that I work with have have started a business and it sort of like ended up um, kind of gaining momentum without them really controlling that direction. So they haven't actually spent the time to work out their purpose and their why necessarily. They haven't written it down. They may have it in their head or in their heart, but they haven't actually, um, you know, written that down or verbalized it. So it's taking the time to do that. And then from there, understanding, you know, well, who is it that they want to be able to, to connect with initially? Everybody, and everyone goes, well, anyone who wants to buy X, Y, Z. <laughs> okay, no, 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 back up here. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> let's narrow that down. So it is, it, is some, it is a lot of that, right, well, let's just narrow that down. Who is it specifically? Building out the audience. What do they look like? A lot of your listeners probably heard of things like audience profiling. So really getting into the nitty gritty of that. And you don't have to have, um, you know, expensive uh, sort of like uh, subscriptions in order to be able to do that. The types of people that I work with don't have huge budgets to start with. Mm. So, But it's about being smart with the knowledge that they can find and that I can share with them. And from there, I would say, in order to try and ensure that social doesn't become this crazy beast um, that can often paralyze people to the point they don't know what to say, they get scared of posting, so they don't post at all, but they have an open account, but they haven't posted in months, um, or they end up just posting subpar quality content, which reflects so badly on their brand that they're desperately Mm. working in the analog world to build. So I would say keep things extremely simple. So pick one social media channel that you know your core audience are regularly active on and that they engage with and that they've, um, you know, they're able to sort of like take on board information companies like yours have and they buy into it. And just working on that one social media channel and creating purposeful content consistently for for three months. Monitor, look at the data. Lots of social media channels have lots of their free insights. Uh, So you don't have to like buy into it. Um, Look at those. The numbers tell a very strong story. So just keep on looking at your data, monitoring it, 
do it after three months, do it after another three, see where it's going. And then at that point, you think, you know what, I've got this down. I know exactly what my audience want, what they like, what they don't like. Then introduce another one potentially, but only if you feel as though that is going to add value to the bottom line ultimately mm. because your audience potentially are also there. Most 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 of us as consumers are on at least probably at least two active social media channels where we are um, where we are influenced by what we see and therefore more, have a greater propensity to them buy or purchase or, or recommend. Mm. Mm. So there's probably around about two social media channels you probably have going at any one time. And particularly if you're a solo business owner, God, we're wearing multiple hats. Yeah. <laughs> so try and keep things simple for yourself as well, because creating content, even if you've got a really smart plan, takes time. It takes time to create really good content. Um, and the other tip that I've got as well is, and this is a really good one, even if I do say so myself. <laughs> is when you actually got content um, that works really well, um, repurpose it, use it somewhere else. So, you know, we're doing this as an example. You've got the podcast and then you've got, so you've got the voice element and then you've got potentially the video for YouTube. So that's, that's two. And, you know, being able to slice out snippets of this and then sharing it on LinkedIn. Mm. So things like that. Be really smart with the content that you produce reuse it recycle it and you know squeeze as much value as out of it as you can because it's very good and and it's a small thing to do yeah yeah no that that's loads of really great value and you know tips in there and what you know what's your opinion on the balance between kind of I suppose providing useful content for people to build your credibility your brand you know that you become an authority that people listen to because you're genuinely giving a lot of value for free versus selling and pitching on on social what, what's what's the how do you get that balance right do you think yeah no one likes being sold to do they <laughs> especially when they open up their Instagram feed to just scroll and have a moment away from the real world but it's got to be done because businesses are on there ultimately because they want to make money and I think to an extent you know what consumers recognize that they know that their you know business owners are on there just for the sake of it um so it's weighted I probably say around about 70 percent of the content I always advise clients give that value yeah. And then 30%, don't be afraid of showing up and saying, do you know what, I've given you, you know, not saying I've given you all this value, now give me some money, but it's a case of you've then got, uh, yeah, you are worthy of being able to say, look, here's all this great stuff. Oh, and by the way, I'm also doing this course. I'd love for you to sign up. Or do you know somebody who does, you know, hit the link in my bio, all of that sort of stuff, click here. And I think that balance, that 70-30 is a good balance to, to mm. have that at. Because then, like I say, consumers recognise the fact that you're there because you, you know, you're making, you want to make money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're doing it in a respectful way. Is that yeah, relationship? Yeah. yeah, and I think there's something here that, that as you were talking, Ruby, there's there's a mindset piece here, almost a money mindset, I think, as mm. a business as well, in that, you know, selling is serving. You know, if you really believe, if you have something so compelling, whether it's a product or a service that you genuinely and you know your target customers inside out and exactly what problems you're trying to solve for them, actually to not sell to them is a crime. Because if that's going to make their life easier, better, more fulfilled, whatever it is, actually you're doing them a service. 
And I think there's something in in the mind of a lot of yeah. people where you know, oh my God, I've got to do the sale now, and and, and I don't I don't feel comfortable asking for the money. Um, so I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Yeah, you often get uh, business owners who feel a little bit like yeah, dirty or a little bit sleazy if they try and try and make the sale. But it's for me when you on social, it becomes easier. Going back to a point you made about knowing your target audience really, really well. It's the relationship that you have built through social mm. where it takes you to the point where you've, you feel absolutely comfortable saying to them, thank you for being part of my community. And by the way, I have got this and it is worth X amount. If you've got that wonderful relationship, they won't think twice about going, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm up for it or I don't need it, but I know somebody who does. So I'll share that post or I'll tag them in or I'll tell them. Yeah. And it, but it has to be drawn out of a relationship. And so what you, I often say to my clients, the first, the first few months of them heading online when they're opening up a, a fresh social media account is them trying to build that trusted relationship with their audience them trying to get to know them and, and vice versa. So that comes down to things like, so your content ideas. So knowing how much of you as, a, as, as the business owner you're willing to put out there on social. Because some people will say, well, I don't even want to, don't even put my photo on social. It's just, uh, I don't know, the products that I'm selling. Well, do you know what? People, people, are, people want to get to know the small business owner behind that wonderful product they keep seeing. Mm. So, of course, set boundaries, set boundaries for yourself and say, well, you know, for instance, on my business account, I won't show pictures of my child. Mm. That's okay. I will share a lot more other stuff about me. Um, But because I put boundaries in place and but it's that again, sharing a piece of you, they then share a piece of them. And it's that to and fro that builds those relationships, those connections so that a, when it comes to selling, it becomes a lot easier for you because it doesn't feel as though you're selling. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also then receive that with really positive intention and are also your wonderful brand ambassadors because they're out there flying the flag for you going, oh, my days, you've got to follow this account or this person does this wonderfully. They're doing this. Please, you know, buy into it. Mm. And that's what you want. You want that trusted recommendation. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, people do business with people that they like and yeah. trust, ultimately, don't they? So you're right. I mean, unless you are, a, a, you know, a big, well-known brand like a Facebook or a Microsoft, even even if you think about big businesses, let's take Virgin. You know, people. You know, Richard Branson is still very much he's the he's the name behind the brand, and people buy into him probably more than the Bounce of Virgin, actually, but his story is so inspiring and authentic, isn't it? That, you know, he, even with a large business like that, mm. still a strong personal aspect to it um, in that example. So I think you're absolutely right there. And and can we talk a little bit about um, kind of, I suppose you're, you as a, as an entrepreneur, and obviously you set the business up now and that's, that's going really well. You're also a mum. Um, I know you've got a lovely daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the joys of homeschooling and things right now. Although she sounds pretty independent, actually. Chip, it, yeah. Chip off the old block, Ruby. But 
Um, do you want to just talk about, and I know when you were chatting earlier, you said one of the catalysts for you deciding to kind of go it alone, if you like, and move out of corporate was because of some of those personal pressures and, and it becoming more difficult to have the time, family time, at the same time as being in London, doing a big corporate sort of um, pressure job. So h- how have you managed to, to deal with that, being a working entrepreneurial mum? Oh, my days. I don't think I've quite nailed it, but <laughs> depends what day of the week you're asking me. Um, do you know what? I've come to the realisation that because this will sound really obvious as well, um, but because I can steer my business ship in the direction that I want, do you know what? Funnily enough, I can also call the hours that I want as well. So it's not um, it's not uncommon for me to... Um, kind of like stop work, say late afternoon, get stuff ready, you know, in the house it needs doing, and then jump back on the laptop when my daughter's asleep. And it's not because um, I'm trying to prove something to somebody. It's because I blooming well love what I do. And I get creative at all times of the day. And so I always think, well, if that creativity comes a call in, I am not going to send it away. I'm going to cash in on that moment where I feel productive and where I feel creative. Um, So, yeah, I think it's that recognition, that realisation, and also um, allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to say, I can flex, uh, you know, the business hours that I work according to what it is that I need that given day. Some Mm. days are fine. I can do, you know, hours on end. Other days something happens because of of life and I just think no my daughter needs me she needs my emotional presence right now not in an hour's time when I can stop I don't know doing this she needs me right now and I've got that I'm really I'm lucky I have that capacity to be able to say pause that being mum yeah being present doing that and not beating myself up about it either um like I say it doesn't always happen as smoothly as that every single day but it gets the more that you um give yourself permission and the more that you are I suppose go easy on yourself a little bit Mm. the easier it becomes the next time a moment arises and you have to recognize the power that you have to be able to say stop to that and I need to focus on this yeah, there's so much in here because I think, you know, very often, you know, it doesn't matter whether if you're a mom or a wife or a daughter or, what you know, whatever role you're playing yeah. right, or a businesswoman or a business owner or whatever, you know, so often we, we you know, plague ourselves with guilt and and it, and it doesn't serve you in any way so I think you're right cut yourself some slack you know give you give yourself a pat on the back for all the good things you're doing and, and what I loved about how you just described your approach is very much around being present in that moment at that time park the work be with your daughter and then when you you're in work in the in the mindset of being creative or whatever you're fully in that moment so you know you can't necessarily have it all all of the time no. But try if you can try and sort of be fully present and not thinking when you're in work, oh my God, I should be doing this for the, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever. Or when you're with your daughter thinking, oh, just quick look at this email. Um, you know, and it, and it's trying to compartmentalize it a little bit, as you've described, I think is really useful for mm-hmm. people. That's why I ended up, I mean, I suppose I lean sometimes on those memories that I had when I'd be down in London in a 
lovely hotel room, but, you know, by myself and having to do a phone call or a video call and seeing my, you know, my daughter achieve something at school that day or hit, watch her do something or, or hear a story and just think, what am I doing? What am I doing? And of course, I was earning money. I was, you know, you know, good money. And it was, um, you know, I was trying to demonstrate to her that, you know, it, 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 it can be fulfilling. It absolutely can be fulfilling having an industry career, a corporate career. But it, it got to that point, I just thought, there's something, there's something truly amiss here. And it's that when you then recognize that that sadness that you're feeling is too 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 much and it's always lingering there then there's something that needs to be kind of like addressed and called out really and something needs to change so I suppose I have that at the back of my mind just think yeah I don't want that to happen again so let me learn from my mistakes yeah no and and I guess also coming back to to what you said earlier about losing your your own mum so so young as well no, you you you're kind of mindful of wanting to not miss those precious moments as well, isn't it? You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, that that thought, you know, is never far away at all. Um, but yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to live, trying to live life one day at a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not again. Yeah, and that, and that's great. And none of us are perfect, are we? It doesn't exist. Oh my days, it does not exist. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh my word, my word. So just just sort of kind of coming to a few a few sort of closing questions, if I yeah. may, Ruby. So when you look back over your illustrious career and the variety that you've had as well, which has been phenomenal, can you think of the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you? It doesn't have to be in business. Actually, it could be just life advice or whatever. Anything that stands out. Um. Goodness, I think the thing that probably two things in between that I learned from my one of my directors actually, it's a bloke. And you talked earlier on about some, having somebody in your corner that can shine a light on you and help champion you. Um, and this person did that just amazingly, but he had this wonderful um, compassion about him, which was very rare for met for blokes in the ad and marketing industry. Um, but yeah, this compassion to be able to listen to people properly sit, you know, look into their eyes and listen to what they were saying and add that humanness and never to lose that. And that's something that's really sh- stuck with me because everything if I think about all the things that he did for for me for the team came from a place of inside his heart it was always human um and I always thought you know what that's the sort of person that I want to try and be um business life like I say no one's perfect but that's definitely that piece of advice is being able to listen and just be human to the other person that you are conversing with mentoring leading doing business with ultimately they are they are ultimately they're a human so Mm -hmm. treat them as such yeah that's that's great advice and obviously one that stuck with you all all through all your whole career really in life so far and can you think of any bad advice that you've ever had might have ignored or you might have taken and thought oh god bloody hell I wish I'd not done that (laughs) oh bad advice oh I don't think I've had not necessarily bad advice, but I've had some pretty 
terrible um, kind of like leaders in the business. Um, and I've just thought that is not how I want to be. So I learned a lot from them in terms of thinking around their behavior, their attitude, and the fact that they, have, a lot of times I did wonder if they ever had any empathy at all. Mm, <laughs> but it's that recognition and understanding the impact, the long-term impact that that has on somebody, um, their personality, their, their attitude, their confidence levels, and seeing others crumble and feeling it sometimes myself and thinking that is not how I want to make people feel in life that that's not the right thing to do Mm, those have learned from people's attitudes and behaviors yeah so so two good examples of roles one actually absolutely you thought this is how I want to carry myself and the other saying no I definitely don't want to be like that yeah 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 it's it's important learning from the both of them perversely for the second one Uh, but yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And in terms of Brave, Bold, Brilliant, this is the name of the podcast. Um, what does it mean to you, Ruby? To be brave, bold, brilliant. Goodness, that is such a good one. There's loads. I suppose it's being, it's being kind to yourself. It's giving yourself, probably giving yourself permission to be who you are and, um, you know, to to roll with those and live those dreams that you have that you have inside your heart fantastic yeah no that's great absolutely and ruby where can people find you i would love people to come and connect with me on a couple of different ways so instagram at wild and form digital i'm also on linkedin as ruby Boglewood. please come on over start a conversation with me i would love to get to know you chat with you yeah, offer you some advice if you wish so wish to have it. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely wonderful. I've so enjoyed our conversation, Ruby. Really, it's been you've given so much inspiration and help to people listening, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank oh. you so much. No, thank you for asking me, Jeanette. It's been wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Fabulous. Thanks so much. 